and the church say praise the Lord. It is good to be in the house of the Lord on a Wednesday night. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand. Let's make our webcast audience feel welcome to church in the balcony. I am excited about being here tonight. We had a good CAC Daily iCast. If you didn't get to watch it, we got to interview uh, Brother Gene Easterling, who is the presbyter of Section 3, and uh, just learning where he'd come from, uh, his uh, life and ministry. And, you know, the Bible says, know them that labor among you. And uh, I think it's very important that we know those that, uh, that we sit under or have come in and preach for us. So Brother Easterling is a great guy, him and Sister Easterling, and so uh, we got to interview them today. Uh, we're also going to interview Brother Griffiths, um, and uh, Brother Griffiths is the young man that came and preached some of our rallies, and we want to uh, uh, remind everyone about that. That'll be on the 29th, so if you want to tune in, if you're not working, uh, you can watch that. If you are working, you can catch it at on the archives, and I believe that will be a good interview also. Also, Brother, um, Brother Duane has... Uh, sweatshirts if you would like to and of course since it's uh, CAC Brothers Keeper uh, sweatshirt and on the back it says Keeper we need more in 24 amen and uh, so we've been doing some things in the men's meeting and uh, been talking about uh, you know raising some money and and uh, just doing some things and if you would like one of these uh, it's up to you as an individual whether you want one. The church isn't buying them for you, but we will order them for you. If you would like one, I think he said $20 is the uh, price of them. And if you want to give anything over that to the men's ministry at CAC, uh, you can do that. But for $20, uh, you tell him your size. You, you tell him, uh, I guess, um, any color, gray, black, or just gray. Just gray, he's not positive. Uh, so uh, we'll do just gray. Let's make it easy on him so he don't have to try to figure out if he can get another color. Uh, so uh, if you want one, 20 bucks, and you can you can represent the church. And, and look at there how big that CAC is. People's going to see you coming from a long ways off. And then when you turn your back on them, they're going to say, Ooh, Jesus, we need more in 24. So uh, if you be sure to get up with Brother uh, Dwayne, and he will take care of uh, taking the orders and get those in. And uh, we'd like to get as many orders as we can so that we can order them all at once. And um, if you'd like one, be sure to get up with him. That's a great, a great way to advertise. Also, uh, we have some announcements that we need to make mention of. Of course, uh, coming up this Friday... Uh, we are going to be having uh, our uh, community center, Christian community center gathering, and that will be this Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. All the kids and uh, adults and whoever else wants to go, just go and be a part of that. And me and my wife was talking last night, and we was thinking, you know, when we have our section rallies and when we have uh, something that happens here at the church, maybe even homecoming or some other service, that we could have an afterburner 
down there and uh, let the kids go down there and have a great time afterwards. Uh, I know a lot of churches do afterburners at, uh, at their conferences and different things. That would be a good thing to do. Of course, we would have to uh, get with Brother Petey and try to see if they stay in that late, you know, 9 or, uh, or 10 or whatever it may be uh, that we would get down there. So uh, just keep that in mind. And uh, pray about that, because I think that uh, our youth are excited about that place, and I think this community is excited about that place, and uh, I think we ought to use it, use it while we can, and uh, that'll be Friday, 6 to 8 p.m., and then the Heart Theme Kids Gourmet Dinner, Saturday, February the 24th, that'll be at 2 p.m. in the day, keep that in mind, that's a daytime event, and that'll be uh, Saturday, uh, February the 24th. Men's meeting is not the first Monday of next month. It's going to be the second Monday of next month, and that'll be on March the 11th, Brother Jimmy Dove. That'll be March the 11th at 6 p.m. <laughs> he always aggravates me and says, well, I didn't know. I didn't know. Uh, nobody told me, so so I, I, that's why I'm singling him out. But uh, that'll be uh, that'll be. March the 11th at 6 p.m. We're going to have a great time. I got the books in, the right books this time, for the Bible study of Into His Marvelous Light. So we're going to go through those and study those and learn how to teach Bible studies, and hopefully we can win some people to Jesus. I'm excited about what the Lord's going to do this year. Amen? Amen. And, of course, we have all of our prayer requests that we want to make mention of, uh, all that's on the list. Uh, we want to mention the last few. Let's remember Danny Alvey in prayer. This is a friend of ours from western Kentucky, and he was very, very sick. And uh, he also informed me that um, a person passed away out there that we had known for years and years and years, over 26 years. And uh, she passed away, and she was just somebody instrumental in the Crofton Pentecostal Church when it was first uh, uh, gathered with Brother Alvey. So uh, let's remember that family that lost a loved one. Uh, also, let's remember Harold Bryant. Let's remember Josh Casey and his kids. Uh, he said that uh, his throat is real sore and the kids are sick. And I think school's out uh, tomorrow and Friday. Is that right? Uh, because of sickness and, and things like that. So it's cranking up, but uh, we want to be praying for Josh and his family. Uh, let's also remember uh, Sister Shauna uh, Wagner, who uh, she's here, but let's uh, continue to pray for her. Sister Nicole Clevenger is here. Let's continue to pray for her. Uh, Tanika Eastep, Sabrina Fuller, and Cecil Eastep. This is my wife's uncle. Uh, he had some uh, surgery of some sort and uh, came through it good, so we are glad for that. And if you have a prayer request you'd like to make known by the raising hand, I see faith all over this house. I see faith all over this house. That, that, you know what that says? That says, I believe Jesus can do more in 24. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Lord, we come before your presence and we thank you, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity you've given us to be gathered here on a Wednesday night. We thank you, Lord, for all that are gathered here from the children to the adults. We're thankful, Lord, because we can lift up the name that is above every name. Lord, we want you to get honor from our life. Get honor from the singing. Get honor from the music. Get honor from the word tonight. And, Lord, I pray that you would move 
move in a mighty way for each and every event that we attend, that, Lord, we would attend it with a joy and with thankfulness. And, Lord, I pray that you would help us uh, as we have gathered here tonight, that as those that have lifted their hand needs a healing or needs a touch, that they can receive it. Uh, Lord, I love you. Lord, I claim you as my healer. And, Lord, we're going to give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap. Could somebody give him a shout as Brother Caleb comes? Yes, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Let's give him a little bit more praise in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love what I feel in this place today. I love that everyone has made it out tonight. I'm going to wait a moment and see if I can get some sound in the monitor. Someone say power. Power. We love power in the house of the Lord. Amen. We don't want to come to a dead church. We want to come to a church where we recognize the power and the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's once again give him some praise tonight. Glory. As you turn in your word tonight, we want to find ourselves in Psalms chapter 30 and verse 11. Has anyone come here excited for what the Lord's going to do tonight? I understand it's the midweek service. It's Meet Wednesday. This is a great opportunity. This is a great opportunity to dig into the word tonight and receive what the Lord's trying to pour out. But you have to understand some things. For To be able to receive, you have to be positioned, and you have to be open to receive what the Lord is trying to give you tonight. Amen. Psalms 30. In verse 11, it says, Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. Would you join me tonight as we go before the Lord in prayer? Lord, we ask that you begin to change this atmosphere today, God. Turn it into an atmosphere where we can worship you, Lord, where we, where we love you and we thank you for your kindness and your mercy, God. Let our minds and our hearts and everything about us be on you tonight, Lord. Begin to change this atmosphere into an atmosphere of worship. In Jesus' mighty name, in the church, said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. As I begin to read this scripture, it is a scripture that's familiar to many. A lot of people use it as a declaration, which it is a declaration. You have turned my mourning into dancing. Church, we have to recognize that those are two opposite things. Whenever you are sad, whenever you're broken, whenever you're hurting, whenever you are mourning, you have this demeanor about you that shows everyone around you you are mourning. You see, the scripture continued to say, you have changed, you have taken off my sackcloth, and you have girded me with gladness. See, for the Israelites, for the children of Israel, sackcloth, when they wore it, it was a symbol of mourning. You see, but whenever the Lord turned their mourning for dancing, their mourning for gladness, they took off their sackcloth because it was a declaration to everyone around. Turn my mourning into church. You do not have to wait till you're on top of the mountain to rejoice. I'm getting ready to rejoice. I'm getting ready to take off the sackcloth. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It's time to rejoice in the presence of the Lord. Can we do that tonight? Can we lift our voices and lift our hands today unto the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Hallelujah. Light of the world, 
here to worship. We're going to ask our ushers to come. And part of worship, as much as anything else we do in the house of the Lord, is giving unto the Lord. So give unto the Lord and give cheerfully and let that be part of your worship. Lord, we come before your presence and we thank you for this opportunity that you blessed us, Lord, to be able to gather here tonight to give in the offering. We know, Lord, that giving is part of serving you. We ask, Lord, that you would help us to give cheerfully. And, Lord, take what we give, multiply it, use it, and get glory from it. For it's all in the mighty name of Jesus we ask and pray. Amen.
there's nothing better than him. And not one thing can we say in this life is better than Jesus. I believe some of you feel that right now, that you just know there's nothing better than Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes it takes looking back down the road. Somebody just give a praise right now to all the victories. Amen. Just a little chorus says, When I look back down the road Where I laid my heavy load I just thank Him for all the victories I've won. Sometimes I get a thrill When I look back down the hill And I see just where the Lord has brought me from. Oh, when I look back down the road where I laid my heavy load, I just thank Him for all the victories I've won. Sometimes I get a thrill when I look back down the hill. And I see just where the Lord has brought me from. When I face a trial or test, and I know I've done my best, I know somehow the Lord will see me through. When temptations come my way, I get on my knees and pray. And I say, dear Lord, now it's up to you. When I look back down the road where I laid my heavy load, I just thank Him for all the victories I've won. Sometimes I get a thrill when I look back down the hill and I see just where the Lord has brought me from. Well, there's a river wide and deep And a mountain tall and steep. But you know, Lord, I've been this way before. I'm much stronger now this time. And I know I'll make it fine. Because that mountain, it don't bother me anymore. When I look back down the road where I laid my heavy load, I just thank Him for all the victories I've won. Sometimes I get a thrill when I look back down the hill and I see just where the Lord has brought me from. Now there's a valley down below and no doubt we'll have to go. And walk that lonely road again someday. But it's not so bad down there. Lilies growing everywhere. And the Lord is traveling with me all the way. When I look back down the road where I laid my heavy load, I just thank Him for all the victory. Victories I've won. Sometimes I get a thrill when I look back down the hill 
and I see just where the Lord has brought me from. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap. Oh, I am glad. I'm stronger now than I used to be. If you're not stronger tonight than you used to be, well, tonight is your night to get strength. I don't know about you, but uh, the devil likes to whittle away at our strength. In fact, the Bible says that the devil would love to wear the saints out. How many's ever looked at your kids and say, I'm going to wear you out? That just means you're just going to get them to sit down and shut up, right? Well, that's what the devil wants to do to us. He wants to get us to sit down and shut up. But if somebody can say, I'm not going to shut up, I'm not going to sit down, I'm not going to give up, I'm not going to let go, I'm not going to turn back, I'm going on with my Jesus just the same. Tonight, I want you to turn with me. We're going to study about the power of one. Uh, I think sometimes when we think about one, we don't all the time think uh, how important one person can be, how um, in, in, uh, influential one person can be, the power of one. I'm glad we have one that sits on the throne. If you've been studying with us in Revelation, you know that when it talks about God and the Lamb on the throne and then it goes into saying, and His and Him, you know it's not them, right? I'm glad there's one. Amen. Somebody say, you know, brother, it's, it's hard enough to serve one. I don't know how people can serve more than one. I don't, I don't know how they, how they divide the time up. But uh, I'm here to say that the Lord is one, and uh, his people are one. We're one in unity. How many is glad that as we come tonight, you don't come as individuals doing individualistic things. We're come together as one. One body, one church. And that's why when we come as one, the devil can't mess with us. Um, there was a, uh, I want to, as you turn to uh, Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, there was a uh, story given about zebras. Zebras uh, all the time uh, stay together in a herd, and uh, as most animals do, to fend off the predators. But zebras, when they're in a herd, they say the reason that they stay in a herd, their stripes all look like one big one big animal, and, and they can't tell the individual from the group. Oh, I wish that I just had a little revelation right now in this house that somebody would say, you know what, I want to get so close with the, my brothers and sisters that the enemy can't tell if there's one of us or if there's a lot of us. Oh, I know it's kind of a kind of an understanding. Those zebras get together in lines are so confused. They just uh, don't know if there's one or if there's many, and so they don't attack. The enemy always attacks when he can get you isolated. That's right. The enemy don't attack a herd. Enemy knows better than coming here on a Wednesday night and all of us in one mind, one accord, and try to do anything. That's right. But... If we decide we want to isolate and kind of try to 
individualize ourselves and be by ourselves, the enemy will devour you. The enemy will devour you. How many knows that lambs taken from the flock, the good shepherd, he goes after it. He goes after that one lamb and, and he brings it back on his shoulders. We understand there's a scripture in the Bible that says uh, just pieces of a lamb was left in, in the mouth of the devourer. But uh, the shepherd said, you're not keeping those pieces. Not a piece of the ear, not a piece of leg. You're not keeping that. You may have started devouring, but you ain't going to completely devour. I'd like to preach that on Sunday. It's not what I'm preaching tonight. But that's a good message. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. It's all happened because of one man, right? Because Adam sinned, now everybody has a problem. So now when you have a problem, don't look and say, well, it's, it's my family or it's my husband or my wife. It's, it's Adam. Adam caused the problem. And then we find that it says in verse 15, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, everybody say one, one. many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man. Everybody say one man. If one man messed it up, one man fixed it. Adam messed it up, Jesus Christ fixed it. One man messed it up, but one man, by one man, the gift of grace, the grace of God. I'm glad for the grace of God. I'm glad for the gift of God. By one man, Jesus Christ has abounded unto many. I want to talk about the power of one. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we come before your presence and help us to preach this and teach this line upon line and precept upon precept. Help us, Lord, to deliver this word in such a way that each and every one will understand how powerful it is to be in unity, how powerful it is to understand that you are one and that you're able to take care of everything that happened with the failure of Adam, everything that happened with the failures of humanity. Humanity, you can take and make it right. And Lord, I pray that you'll help us make it right tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Let's give the Lord another mighty hand clap. Thank you for standing in the house of the Lord. This is a good crowd out here on Wednesday night. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. Realizing that sin entered into the world through one man. Everybody that is born of woman is born into sin. And that's why we all need salvation. That's why we all need deliverance. Now, if we all had it made and didn't have to worry about sin, uh, that would be a great thing. But we all understand that that's why our journey is we're coming out of sin and we're trying to make it to the city. I've come out of the situation that would destroy me, and I'm working on getting to that city. Look at somebody and say, I'm going there. I told Sister Anita early, we're going there. In spite of everything, we're going to make heaven our home, amen. We're going to get there, amen. I believe that uh, when we look at uh, this uh, situation, 
The world in which we live in, uh, sociologists tell us that people are motivated by three P's. And no, it's not uh, that insurance salesman guy. Uh, price, price, price. <laughs> this is the three P's that people are motivated by. Sociologists say this. Anybody ever take a sociology class in college? Oh, I'm the only one? Well, praise God, y'all got spared. Y'all got spared. Sociology will mess your mind up. <laughs> It'll mess with you. So uh, we, we uh, look at the sociology uh, department, and they say the three Ps that everybody is hungry for is power, prestige, and the Latin word for money, which is pecunia. Now, isn't that true? That man is after three things, power, prestige, and money. Pecunia, say pecunia. Pecunia, Latin word for money. Many people excuse themselves from the potential of great accomplishments because of being only one person. What can I do? I'm just one person. I'm just Richard. I tell you, when we start selling ourselves short because we are one, one individual, we're saying we don't have the power of prayer. I'm hungry for power, but it's not for the power of the world. It's for the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, is anybody hungry for the power of the Holy Ghost? I want to have power of the Holy Ghost. I want to understand that one person, and I want to encourage you, one person, no matter what you think about yourself, because now you are not Richard McKinney from Callaway Branch. I'm a child of God full of the Holy Ghost. Look at your neighbor and say, you look like you got the Holy Ghost. And because you got the Holy Ghost, you got power. How many knows that the Bible says in Acts 1 and 8, ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. I believe that when we see this uh, understanding of how one person can have the power over a lot of things. We can speak to that mountain. One person can. It's good when we all pray together, when we all get together. It's good when we bind together and we talk about how good God is together and praise Him together, worship Him together. But how great is it when one person says, I'm going to get through my day because I am a child of the King. I'm going to get through my situation. I'm going to go through my valley. I'm going to climb my mountain. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get to where I'm going because I do have power. One person has power to change the atmosphere of this service. Now, I believe the Spirit of the Lord is in this house. I'm not going to stand here and tell you anything different. The Lord is moving in this place. But I'm going to tell you also, one person can kill the atmosphere of this house. Anybody remember Achan? Achan was a man who decided, you know what? I ain't never owned no good garments. I ain't never had a lot of money. I ain't never had stuff. 
My family's been poor. I've struggled. I'm going to take a Babylonian garment, and I'm going to take some silver, and I'm going to take some stuff. I'm going to hide it in a tent. I'll bring it out a little bit at a time. They'll think I bought it on sale at Timu. <laughs> you know, there was a person one time that told me this, and uh, even though I didn't agree with it and let them know I didn't agree with it, they said, Pastor, I wasn't the pastor at the time. I was just a preacher trying to make it through life. They said, uh, you know what I do? I go and I buy stuff all the time on sale, and I, I put it up in my closet so my husband can't find it. And every now and then I'll pull one out, and I'll put it on, and he'll say, huh, when did you get that? And she'll say, oh, I bought that a while back. And I thought, well, deceiving and lying is about the same thing. So, uh, you know, uh, we're not out to deceive. But uh, Achan wanted to deceive by hiding this garment and the money. And uh, so he thought he had everything good. He's got it hid. He's, he's got it in his tent. Nobody sees it. And then all of a sudden, Israel starts having problems, winning battles. It seems like that what used to be easy for them, now they're struggling. Anybody ever felt that way in your personal walk with the Lord? That what you're uh, feeling sometimes, that used to be easy. It used to be easy to pray. used to be easy to come to church. used to be easy to sing, easy to worship. And then sometimes it just seems like it's a struggle. Well, that's what uh, began to happen to the children of Israel. They began to lose battles. And all of a sudden they began to say, well, something ain't right here. How many knows that something ain't right when you start losing battles? It don't take somebody that is discerning of spirits and have the gift of discerning of spirits to let you know that something's wrong when you ain't winning. Look at somebody and say, something's wrong if you ain't winning. Well, come on over to the winning side. We're following Jesus. Got our... For God's mighty army, we won't be denied. So come on over to the winning side. We got to be winners. We sing the song at funerals, we're a winner either way. <laughs> right? We're a winner either way. But why can't we be a winner either way now? While we're alive, not in a casket. I believe we can be winners. All of a sudden, they started struggling. They was having trouble winning a battle, and, and they, they knew something was wrong in the camp, and there had to be something happened uh, that, that just brought them down because when you win big battles and you can't win little battles, something wrong with you. That's what happened to the children of Israel. They was winning big battles, and then they go up in this little battle, and they get beat all to pieces. They even, even at one time didn't even want to send everybody up. Let's just send a few people up. They used to all of us get all dirty. But you see, when sin's in the camp, it don't matter if you got an army or if you got a group. You ain't winning. Sin will keep you from winning. Look at somebody and say, sin will keep you from winning. You can't win with sin. Sin will keep you from winning. We find that because Achan thought he had it all hid and thought everything was great and nobody knew. And then all of a sudden, everybody started having problems. 
the whole camp of Israel suffered. So they decided they got to figure out what's going on. They began to cast lots and began to try to figure out who it is. And, and Achan got exposed. You know what they did? They took Achan out. They took his stuff out. They took his family. And they, they destroyed everything. Because if you don't destroy all sin in your life, you can't just have a I got this little thing I'm keeping in my hind pocket. That's just a little sin. No, there's no big sin or little sin. Sin will make you lose all the time. You'll want to win. In fact, you will find a battle as if you're going to win, but you will find that you will lose every time with sin in your life. That's why we have to come as one and say, we're going to win the battle. We're going to live according to God's word as one. We're not going to be one or two over here believing all the word and one or two over here says, well, you don't have to do that anymore. And one or two saying, well, that's for the times of Paul and Silas and all the disciples. No, we all come together and say, you know what? I want to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I want to win. I never started anything expecting to lose. I didn't get married to lose. That's why me and my wife celebrates all these years of marriage. I didn't, I didn't start a race in serving the Lord to lose. Did anybody say, well, I'm going to start church, but if it don't work out, I, I, I'll just quit. If that's your attitude, you didn't really start. Because a starter is someone who wants to win. I remember... Every, every game from Little League right on up through high school, uh, we wanted to win. We never hardly did, but we wanted to. I, we used to make fun because, you know, people always schedule homecoming against a team they can beat so they can have a good homecoming and all that. We played I don't know how many homecomings every year. That's how good we was. <laughs> Not because we was beating other teams, the other team was beating us. But I thought about this of how that nobody starts a race and wants to lose. Nobody starts running and says, eh, I'm tired of running now, I'm going to step out of the race. Everybody wants to win. In fact, the Bible tells us that we are to run as if only one, everybody say one, is if only one could win the prize. They did a, a promo for the old army uh, television show called MASH. And if you notice at the opening of MASH, everybody's running toward a helicopter or triage or something like that. And they said how they did that. They never told those people that they was actually using that for the beginning, but they told everybody, the one who makes it there first is going to get the part. So that's why you see every one of them giving it everything they got because they wanted to win the part. Well, that was the opening of the program, and you can see that. I would like to say that the people of God are people that want to win. I want to win every battle I fight against the devil. 
I want to win every situation that tries to pull me down. I want to be more than a conqueror, and that means more than a winner. You say, how can you be more than a winner? I'm going to be confident that I'm going to win. I'm going to have a made-up mind I'm going to win. Some of us right now just need to tell ourselves, we're, we're, we're like poor little old Gideon. We're just hanging down there by, by the wine press, threshing wheat, and we're saying, who am I, you know, who's my family, and, and I'm just a nobody. And the Lord looked at him and said, wait a minute, you're a mighty man of valor. He said, wait a minute, you got the wrong man here. I, I'm the least of, of, of my family. Our family's poor. We ain't got nothing. God don't ask if we got money. God don't ask if we got talent. In fact, sometimes he'll take the untalented and bless them way farther than the talented. Amen. That's right. If someone wants to heed the call and say, I want to win, the Lord can work with a winner. Now, I know that somebody says, well, I work with a lot of losers. call your work co-workers losers no let me tell you something you're a winner because you're a child of God and because you're a child of God you can win people to Jesus you can win people to Jesus many people just excuse themselves from potential by simply saying I'm just one what can I do you know, if, if you was to give me a shovel and tell me to dig this mountain down out here by myself, I might have a problem with that and say, who am I? I'm just one. But if you was giving me a whole bunch of people, or if you give this one man a bulldozer, I'll work on it. Amen. you got to understand how important the power of one is. The power of unity. The power of of one that can either stop a whole nation or keep a nation going. How many believes one person can stop a nation? Now, for those of you that's not sure about this, Miriam. Miriam decided that, uh, you know, she wanted to talk about Moses. Who's Moses? You know, and all this. And, and the, whole, the whole nation comes to a standstill. They can't go forward until the healing takes place. Leprosy takes, takes over and other diseases and things like that and had to take care of the problem, right? Read your Bible. It's a fascinating book. They could not go on or continue because a one person hindered their journey. Think about that. If one person can hinder the journey, one person can get the journey going. So I believe that for every Miriam, there's a Moses. For every Achan, there's a Joshua. For every, every uh, uh, person that has walked away from God, there's somebody who says, I'm going on with Jesus just the same. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. Abraham looked at the stars and the Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land that I'm going to show you. And I want you to understand that I'm going to make you 
into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will, you will be a blessing. Look at somebody and say, you're going to be a blessing. As I look around this building, I see individuals. If you was out by yourself and you had to do something, it might be a challenge to you. But I want you to know because you're a child of God, full of the Holy Ghost and power, you can do great things in the kingdom of God. You can win people, you can talk to people, you can invite people, you can instruct people, you can help people get out of the Adam mentality and get into the Jesus mentality. Right? Adam messed everything up. Man, he messed everything up. It was going good. Everybody says, no, that was Eve. No, that was Adam too. Because Adam's the head of the household. Adam should have known better. Adam should have grabbed Eve by the arm and said, don't you touch that. You know what God said. But no, she touches it and then she says, Adam, come here, let me show you something, how good this is. And then all of a sudden, it's like the world fell apart. In fact, it fell apart so much they got kicked out of the garden. And then cherubims with flaming swords would block them. Nobody getting back in the Garden of Eden. And then we find that in heaven, we're going to see the tree of life again. We're going, we're going to see the river of life. We're going to see the tree of life. We're going to see some things that was in the garden. We're going to see it back in heaven restored. Why? Because of one man, Jesus Christ. I began to look at this, and at this point in Abraham's life, he was just simply a committee of one. He comes to his wife and says, Pack up, get the home interior, pack the suitcases. We're going on a journey. Where are we going? I don't know. Now, how many of you would be willing to follow your spouse when they say, come on, load up, get in the car, and say, where are we going? I don't know. I'll tell you when we get there. You see, that's what happened with Abraham. Abraham was told just to leave. That's faith. Faith says, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. I will be what you want me to be, and I will not ask why. Look at somebody and say, quit asking why. Quit asking why. How many of your kids come up to you and you tell them something, they say, why? 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 And, and pretty soon you just get tired and you say, because I said so. But you know, you're telling them something to help them. The Lord was telling Abraham something that was going to help him. Not only was he coming out of idolatry in his father's land, but now he was going to be a nation, a father of many, of many. You see, God wants to use one person. And I know there's more than one here. I see a whole house full of people. So just think about this. If God wants to use you, 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 right on down the line, to go out and become a nation. Now, I'm pretty sure you're going to say, brother, that don't happen no more. But you know what? I heard of one family today as I was doing an interview that began to go out in a bus ministry, Brother Eli, and began to bring kids in, and they 
filled up one bus, they had to buy another. They filled up two buses, they had to buy another. They filled up three buses, and they make several runs on Sunday. They have over 80 kids, not adults, not people that just show up on, on their own. Over 80 kids on any given Sunday. And in that, some of those kids that started way back 20, 21 years ago are now assistant pastors, youth leaders, Sunday school teachers, all because one person started driving a church van. Never underestimate, Brother Eli, what one trip, one person can do with one van. Never underestimate it. We all have that opportunity. I want to win. I want to win. I want to win people. I want to win in, in everything I do. So, therefore, I never want to look at myself as it being too big of a task. Yes, he took Abraham, and he made a nation, and he was the father of many. He said, look at the stars. Can you number? Nope. Well, that's how many is going to be coming out of your loins. Look at the sand of the sea. Can you, can you uh, number the sand? Nope. Well, that's how many of your seed's going to be. And he says, look at your feet. He looks down at his feet and said, everywhere your footsteps, you're going to be blessed. Some of us got to get our believing we're blessed back. We got to start believing, no, uh, wherever I step, I'm blessed. When, when, when I go home, I'm blessed. When I go to work, I'm blessed. When I come to church, I'm blessed. Wherever you walk, you're blessed. I begin to look at this in the call of God. God calls individuals. He doesn't usually start calling a group. He calls individuals, right? He calls individuals. The night that he called me, he called my wife and called me, but we was individuals. She went to the altar first, and I tried to play dumb with God. Act like I wasn't under conviction. Then I couldn't sit no more. Because the Lord says, I need you. How many knows the Lord needs you? This church needs you. I'm going to say it again. The Lord needs you. This church needs you. Amen? That's, that's true. Abraham needed encouragement. Who am I? I'm just Abram, I'm Abram, you know, I'm just Abram, and uh, so first of all, they, 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 they get old, and they ain't got no youngins, and here this promise is, when God makes a promise, and you think you're too old to fulfill it, you're getting ready to see a miracle happen right before your very eyes. The Lord wants to show you something great no matter what age you are. It doesn't matter if you are a child in Sunday school or a teen in the teen class or some adult here in the adult class. I want you to know the Lord wants to show you something miraculous. He wants to use you for the miraculous. Well, Abraham had to be encouraged because he's Abram. And, uh, you know, Sarah uh, is... Uh, is old Abraham's old but here's the promise 
The problem with the promise is you're going to have kids so many that you can't number them, and you're going to be a great nation, father of many, and here you are old and decrepit and broke down. I like the way Jeff Arnold explains this. He gets a little racy with it, and he says that when the Lord began to change things in Abraham's body and Sarah's body that Abraham started perking up looking at Sarah and say, Woo, you starting to look fine. <laughs> we give Sarah a bad rap. We say, Sarah laughed. She did, didn't she? How many knows that Abraham laughed also? He did. Read your Bible. It's a fascinating book. Abraham laughed and Sarah laughed, but we always just lay it off on Sarah. But you see, it's hard to believe that God wants to use one person to do something so mighty and so great. That's why when we come to church, we say, well, you know, I'm not a good singer, so uh, maybe the singers will do it. I'm not a good preacher, so maybe the preachers will do it. I'm not a, I'm not a good, uh, you know, person that's able to teach Sunday school or do anything, so maybe somebody else will do it. And we look at the task and we say, it's just too big for little old me. But God wants to use you. No matter how you look at yourself, remember the, the 12 spies, they go over. Ten comes back and says, we look like grasshoppers. We're too little for the job. You know what Joshua and Caleb said? <laughs> Let's go up at once. Let's just get this done right now. Let's just go do this and then we'll kick back and have beanie weenies tonight. That's the first chapter of my mind. At this point in Abraham's life, he was committee. He was a committee of one. He set out and continued toward the place the Lord told him to go. God calls individuals, and the call of God can be a lonely place. I'm going to tell you this. The call of God can be a lonely place. Because when God calls you to do something, your wife may not understand, your husband may not understand, your kids may not understand. They may not even be on board with what God's called you to do. But you learn the call of God is for something great in your life, but it's still sometimes a lonely place. Look at somebody and say, sometimes it's lonely. As the great gospel of 1970s, one is the loneliest man. Google that song. Amazing Gracie, Google that song. You'll like it. <laughs> one is lonely. Because one is set out as an individual, looked at sometimes as being in a lonely place, Abraham came from a family of idolaters. Abraham was not raised and and part of a God-fearing family. He was raised as part of a God's-fearing family, false gods. Why would God call Abraham? His family's idolaters. All they do is serve false gods. Why would 
God call Abraham? Because God wants to use people. Don't matter where you come from. That's why when you say, well, my family ain't never been apostolic, so what? Mine wasn't either. Well, I ain't never been in a Pentecostal church, so what? I hadn't either. Well, I, I, I don't know. I, I've never been, you know, involved in any uh, camps or I've never been to any conferences. No, I didn't go to the first conference growing up. Opportunity was not there. That's why when these young people, we allow you to go to KYC and all these other conferences and things, you don't know how important that is and how blessed you are. You don't know. Not everybody gets to do that. I didn't get to do that. So why would God call Abram out of idolatry, a family of idolaters? Why would he call them out of that place where they worship many gods so that he could just worship the one true God? Can you imagine the conversation with dad? Dad, I heard from God. Which one was it? The moon God? Neptune? The river God? Which one was it, son? Tell me, tell me the God that spoke to you. He said, it's God. The one God. The mighty God. The creator God. And his daddy probably said, son... Look at all of our gods here we got. And you're saying there's another one that you talk to? Kind of like the conversation with Paul. Remember Paul going to Mars Hill? He goes up on Mars Hill and he looks around. He's seeing all these uh, inscriptions and all these, uh, really they were idol uh, altars. And he was looking at them and he said, hmm, hmm, yeah, to this God, that God, and that God. And he looked and he said, well, you know what? I believe y'all are too superstitious because I was just happened to go through the land and I saw that there was gods and inscriptions to ever, ever got around. I want to preach and teach and talk to you about the unknown God. That's the one monument. They had every monument and then they put one to the unknown God because they didn't want to take a chance on leaving somebody out. And he said, I want to tell you who that is. He didn't say, this is God, you know, uh, that, that is uh, the mighty God of, of Abraham. He just started preaching unto him what? Jesus. <laughs> because Jesus is the mighty God. He's the everlasting Father. He's the Prince of Peace. He, he is the true God. And, uh, and so he preached Jesus to him. Well, Abraham gets a call to serve the one true God. His daddy and him probably had a conversation. Maybe he just left without talking. It's not recorded, but I'm pretty sure he went and told daddy, I'm out of here, and we're leaving. Where are you going? I don't know. Well, who told you to go? Why are you leaving? Well, God told me to leave. Which God? The God that you ain't serving. You see, sometimes it's lonely. Pastoring's lonely. Ministry's lonely. If you truly follow Jesus, it's lonely. You'll have to give up friends. You'll have to forsake sometimes family. Not, not that you don't talk to them or try to win them, but you can't be influenced by them anymore. There's just some things that you find is lonely. 
Sometimes people come to church in a church full of people and they feel all alone. Now, I could ask for a show of hands. How many people has ever come to church and felt like you was just all alone and nobody cared where you was at, nobody knew where you was at, nobody even cared to even tell you they's glad to see you. Sometimes it gets lonely when you are being used of the Lord. So if you find yourself in a lonely place, feeling lonely, maybe the Lord is calling you to a higher calling. Maybe the Lord is getting ready to use you in a mightier way. Maybe the Lord is trying to tell you, you got to come out from what's got you drugged down and got you bogged down and got you all upset. You got to come out of that because I'm going to show you some great things and you'll be the one to walk out of it. You see, sometimes it's, it's all about one, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, right? One Lord, one faith, one baptism. God calls individuals. When Abraham needed encouragement, God took him outside and told him to look at the stars. If you need encouragement, I guarantee God's going to show you something. Look at somebody and say, one. You see, sometimes the Lord wants to take you, the one, and show you something great. This is how... We're going to have revival. It's going to start with one. How many's ever popped popcorn in an old iron skillet? Maybe even a, a Teflon coated later in life. And you put a little lid on top of it. And how many times did you hear something go all in unison? It just pops and the lid pops up and you got a whole bowl of popcorn. Never. You know what? One. Starts with one. Have you ever, and I've done this, left the lid off? You turn it up on high and you step back about three steps. And you watch and you say, which one's going to pop first? It's probably that one that's doing a little movement. It's probably that one that, that's kind of wiggling back and forth never ends up being that one it always pops over here of one that you never dreamed would be the first to pop that's why I never look at somebody and say oh they're a shouter oh they really clap their hands when the service is going they are worshipers don't ever think that's the one God's going to use he might be using the ones just sitting there, Lord Jesus, I want to draw closer to you. Lord Jesus, I want to be what you'd have me to be. Lord Jesus, my family needs to be saved. Lord Jesus, I need you to move in a mighty way in, 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 in my husband or wife's family. Lord, I just, that might be the one. Everybody say the power of one. Do you know that there have been families that have been saved generationally? And I can point some out even in this congregation. Because one did. It started with one. Right? Started with one. Don't ever think that it don't matter if you're at church or not. Or if you're serving the Lord or not. You might be the very one that would start the army marching behind you of your family, friends, and relatives. Amen. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap. We got to believe this stuff. This is good stuff. 
we got to believe it. The power of one. In other words, God said to Abraham, all I need is one. All I need is one. How many knows that God don't work in numbers? That's why David got in trouble when they numbered Israel. David started relying on the arm of flesh rather than the arm of God. And, and uh, the Lord just let him know real quick, you're in trouble now. Because you're starting to lean on numbers. I don't deal in numbers. He only needs one. He can take one little boy and slay a giant. He can take one small boy's lunch, brown bag lunch, and feed the multitudes. Do we think he's any different today? He's the same today. He can take you. He can take you. Look at somebody in front of you, behind you, beside of you, across the aisle from you, and just look at them and say, huh, God can use them. That's pretty amazing. The promises of God, the Lord promised abundant blessing if Abraham would just simply obey. The Lord's looking for somebody to obey him. Throughout the years, God reminded Abraham of the promise he had made him back in Haran. The Lord had uh, caused this to be irrevocably. Uh, it's, it's something that, that was not going to be called back. It was not going to be changed. And uh, God had made an everlasting covenant with Abraham because he fully trusted God's word. God promised, uh, God's promise would not be altered. God reminded many people through time, what I promise you will come to pass. So if he's promised you something, he promised me something. I can tell you some of the promises that God promised me, and you will look at me like I'm half crazy, but that's okay. I don't need your approval to know what God's promised me. Right? I can tell you what God has promised this church. Of people that have prophesied that we'll see faces we've never seen, people we don't know, numbers in balconies as well as in the sanctuary. Now, if somebody says, well, it's taking an awful long time. I'm not working on my time. You're not working on your time. We're working on God's time. But he wants to take the power of one. God is not looking for another committee. Church says, well, we need another committee, just like we need another law to tell us our border's out of line. I've never understood why we need a law to enforce the law to enforce the law that was the law. Right? That'd be like saying speed limit out here is 55, but we need a law to enforce the 55 limit. And then when that didn't work, well, they're still speeding, so we need a law to enforce the law to enforce the 55 zone. Don't make no sense. God don't need a committee. He just needs one. God don't need a committee. He just needs one. I'd like to say he's looking for one who will focus their energy on that which is eternally important. Our sight has got to be on things in the heavenly, not on things on this earth. If you're constantly looking at things on this earth, you're going to miss out on the miracles that God wants to do in your life. He's looking for the one that says, I'm not looking 
down here for the stuff. I've got something made up. I've got my focus on the eternal. Right? I got my focus on the eternal. If you want to know, some people have to leave because they had some appointments they have to meet. So don't think people are getting up and walking out. Just want to let you know. The power of one. <laughs> In concluding tonight, have you ever of an entire office, a job site, Somebody like this, when I go through the week or anything, I say, ain't nobody. I believe that we need to be the agents instantly falling back in fire today and fizzle. They can't use you, Jesus. That'll start a ministry where ministry singing that you would have as one on somebody that is a child now but says, when I get old enough, when I get big enough, I want to sing in that praise team. Preachers. You may not understand this, but you may be the very one that would cause some young person to grow up and say, you know what, I want to do something for Jesus. I want to be a minister. I want to help people. I want to love people. I want to try to pray people through to the Holy Ghost. You see, we never know what God's going to do with one, but I know he can do great things with one. We've studied the power of one. Everybody say the power. The power of one. We've come tonight and we are many, but we are also individuals. We understand that we have all got our own idea of who we are in life. Some of us are good at what we do in the natural, and some of us are great in what we do in the spiritual. I'd like to say, church, we all have got to come together as one and do something great for the kingdom of God. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap. Oh, I love Jesus. Yes, I do. Hallelujah. God wants to use you. God wants to use you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's all sorts of things that God can do with one individual. Let him use you in a mighty way. Amen. We're going to ask the singers, musicians to come back and we're going to sing a song. We're going to give you a time to talk to Jesus about that situation in your life that you say, you know what? I'm just one person. What am I going to do? I'm just one. How am I going to make a difference? You know, if I looked at it that way, I would have never been able to step out and say, well, God will use me in ministry because I'll say, I'm from Phelps, Kentucky. What's Phelps, Kentucky? There's people that look at us like that. Y'all from Phelps, Kentucky, what are y'all going to do? We're going to do great things for Jesus. We're going to do some great things for the Lord. Amen. So I'd like to say that as we come to a close today that, that uh, if you are here and you want to come to this altar and you want to come around the front and you want to pray or worship or you want to lift up the name of Jesus and you want to just let uh, the Lord do some something great in your life and just allow uh, the Lord to use you as one and take you and do something great, just say, here I am, Lord. Use me. Here I am, Lord. Just me. I'm a nobody. But Lord, you can use me. That old song that just said, if you can use anybody, you can use me. We need to start praying that right now. Lord, use me. I don't know what you want to use me in, Lord, but use me.
I don't know what power lies within my own abilities. But, Lord, I know that you can use me. Lord, I know that you can take me and use me. And just like you did with Abraham, a nation can be birthed. Who knows the next Abraham who's going to bring multitudes to Jesus? Who knows the next Paul who's going to bring along a Silas and bring along a Timothy? Who knows a next Eunice and Lois who's going to birth ministry? Who knows? All it takes is one. 